Welcome to the Books, Beards, Booze podcast, where Bob and Derek have beards, talk booze, and drink books. Something like that. All right. As always, I'm Bob of Tells by Bob. I'm the Ask the Podcast, Derek. And I am caffeinated and sugared up creative consultant, Tonya. Yeah. So, uh, she's wild. wild. Oh, she's wild. wild. (laughs) Okay. Um, so (laughs) I, for those who don't know, I do another podcast, uh, Southern Fried Fantasy, and it took me a few episodes to realize that I start it almost the same way. (laughs) I start every episode of that with, all right. Um, Bob Magoo of Tells kind of Bob. Your, you know, it's a signature thing for you. Yeah. So now that it's just locked in, that is going to be me forever. Tell me, do you um, start uh, meetings at work that way? And if you don't, why not? Ooh. Well, because I try to never be the one starting the meetings at work because that that's a level of uh, um, stress that I don't want. No, you I've always want to be the one to one. start the meeting. I've only, I've only. Since I've been there six, seven, seven months now, I guess. And I've only been the person setting up the meeting twice. No, it's better when you start the meeting because then you're in charge and you can dictate like where we're going and be like, okay, this is what we're here for. We are now done. I can now leave. <laughs> yeah. Well, the, the last meeting I set up, it was uh, me and our mutual friend, Chris, who is the chief of information security um, where I work and then our compliance officer. And so it's like me and these two people that are very far above me. (laughs) And it's like me running the meeting. And it was, it was just like, not outwardly (laughs) awkward, but inwardly as like, I am the low man on this. I'm very low on this totem pole. (laughs) I have definitely gotten over that, but, but yeah. Yeah. It's a, it's a thing. So, all right. Um, Oh, we're, you know, we're all government workers now. Isn't that great? Yes. Mm. I mean, ho- it's, it's a thing. All the holidays. Um, so many holidays. And all mm. the tests for promotions. That's my favorite part. Yeah. Yeah. I'm, I'm getting ready for that um, in the next mm. couple months. So yeah. be fine. Be fine. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're just moving up left and right. We're, we're taking, we're taking state government by storm. Before you know it, <laughs> it'll mm. be Governor Bob. Oh God! Chief lobbyist Tanya and the ass of what? the capital. <laughs> Whatever Derek does. Shit. <laughs> Yikes. Yeah. Yikes! Alabama, you've never had it so good. <laughs> <laughs> oh God! All right. Kitty, all of us. Yes. Yikes! Oof. Yikes! Big all right. So I got a little bit of news for y'all. Um. Have either of y'all, and I say either of y'all to be polite, but I know the answer to this from one of you. Um, have either of y'all read Where the Crawdad Sings? No. No. Okay. I thought there was a fractional chance that Tanya had, but I knew there was no it, way in hell that Derek had read this book. <laughs> would debase himself to the leaf. It's definitely yeah. on my things to read. I just haven't... Yeah. Y'all know the TBR list um, grows faster than I can read the things. Yeah. I I saw an interesting thing the other day that said, uh, you are going to die with books unread. Stop! No! Just just embrace that. 
what? Why would you just come right out and say it? I know it, but you don't have to say it to my face. What the fuck? Well, thanks a lot, Bob. Yeah, you're welcome. So, uh, <sighs> but yeah, no, my TBR pile is uh, is high. Uh, <laughs> so yeah. Um. Well, uh, before I get into my news, what's uh, what's everyone uh, what's everyone kind of reading at the moment? Derek, you said your uh, Black Griffin audiobook. Is that what, yeah, is that what and, I'm hearing? And Dread God. <laughs> oh, you, so you have started Dread God. So the day that you said, hey, Derek, have you started Dread God? Because it came out today. And yeah. I said, no, I didn't remember it came out today. Um, while we were then sitting at the table and you turned to look at someone else, I immediately bought it on my phone and started reading it before uh, <laughs> <laughs> anything else happened. Yeah. So, yeah, I've, I've started it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so for those who don't know, Dread God is the 11th book mm-hmm. in the Cradle series by Will White. And uh, uh, it's, it, I haven't started it yet, um, but I'm super excited to. How's it holding up so far? Uh, so far, I'm only a little ways in, uh, but yeah, it's another of those books. And I okay. love those books. That's, so, what, I, yeah. that's what I needed to hear. <laughs> uh, all right. Uh, Trizzle. What, uh, what do we got on deck? <laughs> what am I reading? Okay, so I'm not actually in an audiobook at the moment. Um, I've, I kind of alternate being in an audiobook and listening to podcasts. And so right now I'm in Heard that. listening to a bunch of podcasts. Um, but I'm reading two books. Um, there's a nonfiction book that I'm reading um, called White Rage by Carol Anderson. Um, but the fiction book... <laughs> <laughs> the fiction book that I'm reading. I love that you're you're um it's the Anne Rice Sleeping Beauty book. Oh, so, okay. Yeah, I know, I know I'm familiar <laughs> with it. I just started it um a couple days ago and it's um it's all right. It's yeah. fine. It's you know, it's whatever. It's 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 fine. Yeah. It's whatever. I just did a I just did an interview <laughs> with someone, uh an author from New Orleans, and apparently like her best friend was uh, Anne Rice's like assistant or something like that. So nice. Yeah, no, I had heard, I had heard of, you know, these novels and I was like, yeah, I haven't read a smutty book in a while. (laughs) And I picked a good time to ask. Yeah. I was like, thanks. You're like, what are you reading now? Fuck me. (laughs) Yeah. That's that's the point of the book. I'm guessing. Yeah. Yeah. So it's, uh, it's, it's, Anne, it's, it's, it's smut, but Anne Rice smut. It's, you know, yeah. it's whatever. It's fine. <laughs> All right. So uh, <laughs> I am, I, <laughs> I just got done reading the bats of the Republic uh, by guy like, whose name I can't remember. Ah, yes. Like, yes. He was pretty yep. good. Yeah. We love that guy. Yeah. yeah. You mean like bats, like, you know, flying rodents. Bats? Yes. Yes, that okay. that exactly. Okay. I'm trying to find his name. Bats. Uh, okay, yeah. Oh, uh, Zachary Thomas Dodson. It is Bats of the Republic, an illuminated novel. So I really like what's known as ergodic literature, which okay. are books that kind of play with the concept of what a book is and what a book can be. Um, so probably the most famous instance of this is uh, house of leaves, um, which that book, you know, has like footnotes where there's entire stories in the footnotes and 
some pages you have to read using a mirror and just all sorts of also it really plays with what what can be so this guy apparently is like a book publisher like a book layout like specialist kind of guy and he just went all in on this book uh and it is one of the most gorgeous books i've ever read and it it like god it's just so like I just sat there, like before I even started reading it, just like looking at pages and just like marveling at how gorgeous this book is. The 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 dust jacket on it, if you pull it off, you look at the outside, it's one thing. When you look at the inside, it's like an X-ray image of the cover with like oh, subtle cool. twi- subtle twisting differences. Um, yeah. And, oh, it's super cool. Um, there's neat. a section at the end that. Uh, it has like a, a sealed envelope in it that you open and you pull out like an insert and it instructs you how to like to to spin it just so and like attach it to make like mm-hmm. a, it, like an infinite loop kind of story thing. Like it, tons of cool stuff. Um, how was the actual book itself? Eh, it was OK. <laughs> ah, OK, so so the layout and everything way cool. The content on the inside, mediocre. <laughs> Yeah, it was it was all right. Like it wasn't bad by any stretch of the imagination. It it but I just don't think it could have ever have been as cool as the book. Here's the bigger problem. It uh this may be a mild spoiler, but I think the back of the book kind of reveals this. Maybe you pretty quickly pick up on it if not. Um, but ignore the next 20 seconds if you are going to read this. Um, it involves time travel. Oh, and, you hate that, though. Yeah, you know, I'm not a big fan of that. So um, it was done well, but yeah. But yeah, so that's what I read, what I'm about to read. And this is one I feel like, uh, Tanya, you might want to read if you haven't. Uh, it's called okay. The House on the Cerulean Sea. Oh, I haven't read it, but it's on yeah. the list. I've heard it good was, things. It was a Prime Day special for yeah. the paperback version. And uh, it was one of those that I felt like I knew people who might want to read it so I could loan it out. So and like it was like seven ah. bucks for a nice, nice paperback version of it. Um, yeah. But the premise, uh, if you haven't heard of it, is basically this guy is a social worker for magical children. And he gets sent out to a remote location I assume the house on the Cerulean Sea, um, because there are seven children there, like magical children that could potentially end the world. And he is sent out there to determine if they're dangerous or not. But everything I've heard is it's like heartwarming and just it's a it's a real feel good fantasy novel. So I feel like that's what I that's what I need in my life right now after reading about bats. Yeah, I've heard really good things about a house on Sperlancy. So yeah. that's exciting. So all that to say, um, where the crawdads sing is embroiled in a bit of a controversy right now. Oh, no. Is it because crawdads don't fucking sing? Uh, well, actually, Derek, well, you being correct there. Um, they, <laughs> they are known to be exceptional singers of uh, traditional Zydeco music. Um, I think you're lying. Well, let's just go to the swamps and find out, Derek. 
Uh, that That's sounds funny. like, well, I mean, what, is it, aren't we really close? Isn't this all swampland? Bob? Right. Every, mean, everything south of 65 is just a swamp. You yeah. hundred percent. So, yeah. Uh, Jesus Christ. We have a, we have a friend that you cannot mention houses in South Alabama without him immediately saying, well, you know, everything south of uh, interstate 85, is just a swamp. So Yeah. We're triggered. All right. So, yeah. So the more, the more amazing thing about this controversy is that it's just now becoming a controversy because none of the things that happened here were a secretive or B like recent, but so the woman who wrote it, um, uh, her, her, it's Delia Owens. Um, so her and her husband at the time, Mark were conservationists. Uh, real big, like going to Africa, promoting conservation and whatnot. And they were like living in the Serengeti and like, you know, frolicking with hyenas and lions and shit and doing whatever it is you do in the Serengeti when you're concerned with creatures. Well, they wind up in Zambia where there is a real poaching problem. And so they wind up in this like national park and Mark uh, basically starts organizing all the local scouts into a private army to battle oh. the poachers. Okay. Uh, and it catches the attention of ABC. So I'm just going to, I want to read this. In 1995, ABC's Turning Point sent a camera crew to film a segment on the Owens's conservation work. The piece would air in March of 1996 as Deadly Game, the Mark and Delia Owens story. Uh, as Goldberg writes, it opens with a disclaimer. The following program contains some scenes of violence, which might be upsetting to viewers. What those who turned in actually witnessed is the on-camera killing of an alleged poacher. Bet. Bet. Okay. Snuff film. We love that. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Like legit, yeah. like snuff film. Like, oh, yeah. And, so I went and uh, so the uh the guy who did a big piece on this in the atlantic uh goldberg he he apparently had written on this like in 2010 or something like that and then he just came out like an 18,000 word like follow up article on it just going going in deep on this yeah. like basically saying like and so there's a clip out there where it's him kind of talking about it like showing bits of the ABC because it, apparently it's kind of hard to find footage from that now. Um, yeah. But yes, like they straight up shoot this guy who no one knows for sure was actually a poacher. He was just a guy yes. out in the woods walking towards a campsite and they shot him and then like go up while he's like writhing on the ground and shoot him a fucking gun. Nice. Like what the fuck? Um, you're gonna find out where the crawl dad sing tonight, bitch. Well, like, so, ah, so according yes. to his, according to this guy's reporting, Chris Everson uh, was the cameraman for ABC. He claims yes. that the poacher was actually killed by Christopher Owens, which is Mark and Delia's stepson. Well, Mark's son, Delia's yep. stepson, right? A local police detective. Uh, he says that Mark and the scouts took the body, put it in a cargo net, and flew it to a nearby lagoon and dumped it. 
Um, nice. So the U.S. Embassy basically told the the Owens, like, y'all need to get out of the country because y'all are probably going to get arrested for this. And they've never been back. And they are still wanted in Zambia for questioning. Um, but Zambia does not have an extradition treaty with the U.S. So they've just never gone back. And now I don't think anyone is claiming that Delia had necessarily anything to do with this murder. Um, right. But it was definitely a murder of a guy that no one has ever been able to establish was actually a poacher. It, this could have just been a guy. Um, and uh, uh, yeah, it, th- no one's questioning the fact that Mark is at least tangentially responsible because he was a guy buying the guns and training these people and telling them, go shoot poachers. Um, right. And then supposedly it was his son who actually did the shooting. So, yeah, and ABC is being shitty about it. They're, they refuse to, like, talk to anyone or, like, bring up their footage or any of that kind of stuff. So, yeah, it's, a, it's causing a bit of a stink. Um, and, but there, yeah, there, there are some, uh, apparently there are some disturbing parallels within where the crawdads sing to this real life event, perhaps maybe, but I haven't read it. So I can't really speak to that, but it's enough that if you know this and you're reading where the crowd dead sing, it's like, huh? Look, I mean, if you're going to make a low country boil. You're gonna, you know, cook a couple crawdads. I mean, <laughs> Shoot a couple people. I... I, I, I guess that's the argument here. You know, you sometimes you just gotta shoot a crawdad. Yeah, yeah. Suck the brains out. I mean, yeah. No, like, (laughs) if you're interested, you really should go read this Atlantic article because, regardless of if Delia was involved in this or not, it kind of shows that she was a little bit, well, I say a little bit, she was pretty shitty um, in a lot of ways, like, very much treated, because, like, this is a white couple in Africa. And they're very, very patronizing to black people. And very, like, apparently one of them said, uh, like, was caught saying, like, basically Africa would be great if it wasn't for all the Africans in it, you know? And, like, so it's like, okay. Um, Aggressive. Sound kind of shitty. Yeah. Um, yeah. And so uh, there, there's just, and like, apparently this guy went and found, there was a, uh, she wrote another book, like autobiographical book about their time there and she wrote about how their cook was a guy named Sunday justice and how he would ask her all these questions about like, Oh, how, how do planes work? You know, like I, they fly, they fly us. How do you not fly into the sun? You know, like questions like that, but this guy actually found Sunday justice and interviewed him. And the guy was like, he, he read that passage and just laughed. He's like, bruh, I, I was flying on planes at the time. Like, what the fuck? <laughs> like she just made up this whole thing about the the cook being this wildly superstitious thing. Which you know, if you're writing a fiction book, that's what you do. But when you're writing an, auto, an autobiography, that's what you don't right. do. So, right, right, right. I don't know. It's just a whole thing. Mm-hmm. But they're making a movie out of it, and so cool. Yeah, that I saw. Like when I was at the gym, you know, they got like a million TVs, and there was a thingy thing advertising the where the crawdads saying or whatever yeah but nah, i haven't read it it's on my list what nah. kind of what kind of music do crawdads sing 
If 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 there's a crawdad band, what is the music they're singing, Derek? I mean, you just said what was it, Zydeco or whatever. Well, that was my thought. I'm I'm interested to hear your opinion. They I mean, I know the facts, Bob, but they fucking wouldn't. Okay, all right, hot take, wrong, but you know, uh, Tanya, what uh, what what was Rock, rockabilly? Rockabilly. Okay, okay. Um, they got all the arms for all like the bass and the stuff like that. They got all these little like arms and antennas. It would be great. Hmm. Okay. All right. Uh, there's no wrong answers except for Derek's. So, um, <laughs> all right. So uh, here we are. We haven't done a short, uh, short read tall glass in a, in a hot minute. So let's do one. Here and we are. To be fair, this wasn't really much of a short read. It was not. It was 18, it was 18,000 words. Um, the fucking novella. <laughs> it was. So uh, you probably just heard our uh, our update on Scott Lynch. Well, this is a Scott Lynch novella that is in no way related to any of the uh, Locke Lamora books. Um, but it's awesome. It's called A Year and a Day in Old Theory Day. Um, and it was published. Originally, it was published in an anthology called Rogues. Um, but we read it off of uh, Uncanny Magazine's website, and that's where you can go read it for free. I mean, it's my favorite flavor. I it, so, yeah, you can you can buy it. It's a dollar ninety nine on Amazon, yep. and that's um, what I did, so I could read it on my Kindle. Yeah, perfect. So, all right, let's get some initial impressions. Uh, let's start with Tanya. Um. So, at least from Uncanny Magazine, you know, there's a little bit of art. It was really pretty. Um, you talking like first impressions or just like yeah? How did, did I think about did the you story? Like it? Did you like it? Oh yeah, no, yeah, I liked it. It was great. It was a good read. Um, there were some things that I found interesting here and there, like um, the 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 reference to the bells chiming at the beginning of the hour, and then how it just seems to kind of devolve into in in my mind. It's just kind of like a cacophony of constant yeah. bell ringing. Which I yeah. thought was kind of neat. Well, and they talk um, about they do that to confuse spirits. They they have all the bells ring at different, slightly different times to confuse spirits, which I thought was a cool, a yeah, cool little. But like little at bit. the the first time we talk about like the bells ringing, it, it we don't talk about that. And then the next time it's like okay, well the the bells are not ringing at the, at the exact time because of the spirits, and you know it's a couple minutes. Yeah. And then later on, it's like okay, well maybe it's this hour or that hour. No one knows. The bells are just ringing. So I kind of thought that was neat. Yeah. Derek, what's your uh, general first impression? I want my money back. You want your money back? Yeah. Wow. I figured you'd love this. No, I did not. Uh, it was, it was, um, how do I, how do I put it? It was very. You, you are the ass. Let's go. No, no, we're not going that hard because it wasn't that bad. <laughs> but, but it was extremely mid. It was all things average to me. Like huh. world building, super interesting. That's it. Everything else, I was just like, okay, this is. There's no. I, mean, I just we can get into okay. it a little bit more. Yeah, but we no, will. I was, we will. It was okay. Eh. Well, uh, I'll be the tiebreaker here and say that I love this, but to be fair, this uh, basically scratches a couple of my, uh, a few of my favorite itches. One, I love anything heist caper related. 
two. getting the gang back together. Yeah, I love that. Getting the gang back together, assembling your crew, anything like that. I love the world building. Absolutely fantastic. Um, and the other thing is, like, it's fairly niche, but I love uh, those kind of like fairy tale impossible tasks, like go steal the tears of a shark, go steal yeah. a, a street. You know, like I love those. Yeah. I love seeing how people creatively solve them. So okay. it it ticked a lot of boxes for me. And uh, to the point where y'all know me, I don't reread much anymore. I've read this story three times now. Um, so to be it, fair, I enjoyed it. Yeah. To be fair, one of those times I read it was because originally me and Derek were going to read this uh, in season four. Um and then we didn't because season four ended. <laughs> um, but I had read it before then and uh, read it again now for this. And so uh, I, I, I love the story a ton. So, uh, all right, well, let's let's start with the controversy and let's Derek. Why don't you tell us uh, something that you felt uh, didn't really sell it for you? So I think it comes down to the same problem I had with every book after Lies of Locke Lamora, uh-huh. which is if you're so good at this thing that you do, why are you so stupid at this thing that you do? Okay. <laughs> Aggressive. I'm sitting right here, my guy. Jeez. Well, <laughs> but, but like legitimately, it's like it completely shatters my understanding of this stuff. It was like, okay, we have to do a job. You know what we should do? We should definitely try a whole bunch of different things because no one will absolutely, no one will notice that people keep trying to fuck with this thing that's very important to this very important person. That wouldn't possibly get anybody's back up and make them be like, oh, whoa, 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 what's going on? No, no, no. Yeah, just going in half cocked over and over again. No one will notice that. It's like, yeah. this is asking for trouble. What are you doing? Yeah. Okay, I can I can definitely agree with that. That is a bit of a, and it does, you know, it does come up, you know, that like, oh hey, uh, bruh, like you're you're fucking with my street. Um, I see you doing. I the see thing. you fucking with my street. Stop fucking with my street. So yeah, it does it does get brought up, but yeah, no, I can see I can see where you're but coming I mean, from. Like, like like a normal person would know not to do that. Let alone someone who has been a high class legendary thief for an extended period of her life yeah. she has not gone through all of the trouble of trying to do all these different heists and realized okay i can afford to like screw it up over and over that's not a thing yeah. like you have to understand that when you're trying to do something and you're dealing with somebody this dangerous you fucking kind of like get one shot exactly yeah. and it's like what are you doing okay so that was that was a big problem for me the rest yeah. of it i mean I, like I will say something that bothered me was this. Now I loved, I dearly loved the world building of this, of this story. Right. This setting oh, yeah. is fantastic. Um, I love it so much. It's a little bit gas lamp. It's a little bit just, uh, I, I, I love it. That said, there were a few passages where it got a little extrapolating and the world building was a little kind of wedged in and a little clumsy. Those kind of like convert, like the one that immediately comes to mind is uh, the goblin uh, who manages the, the end that 
the the bar that they go to reference okay. oh yeah you know it's like totally having that meeting that you have here every month yada 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 uh-huh. as well as things like i just don't it, to me that didn't ring true like a real conversation that rang like oh here's a conversation that we're having specifically to relate to you this information but no one okay. would actually have in real life kind of deal also it's unneeded because you're about to go sit down and we'll figure it out real quick what this whole meeting is yeah exactly like there yes it could have that information could have easily been imparted in just a little throwaway like you know they were back again this month like they you know they had been doing for years you know and that would have achieved the same thing without that kind of stilted dialogue so there was just a couple of times like that where it's like i appreciate the world building that's the real, I think to me, that's the, the, the strongest strength of this is it the city feels very realized and very real. Mm-hmm. Um, it hints at so much more, so much cool stuff in only 18,000 words. Like he really did an exceptional job painting a picture here. But um, like the fact that they turned a dragon's body into a building, that's fucking cool, man. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And like, just like, you know, they, they hint at these things like, Oh, the 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 drinks that the mm-hmm. wizard bartender drinks like that's fantastic. Yeah, that was cool yeah, as hell. Cool. I like my thing is if if I would like it, it's very clearly set up that Lynch can come back here and write more stories in this. Yeah. I want different cool mixed drinks every every novella, short story, book, whatever he writes here. I want different cool drink recipes scene. I mean, it was super cool because like the when I was reading it, I was like, okay, well, one, what's in that? And two, like, what's it do? What, like, describe it to me a little bit more. Because yeah. I mean, we got like, you know, the, you see the blue waves and the white caps and it's like, okay, but is that going to taste like Ciroc and Malibu rum? Like, what are we, yeah. what are we doing? I do doing? agree that that was a little bit of a missed opportunity to to perhaps work in, you know, like this feels like seaweed going down my throat or something, you know? Yeah. I mean, it was just like such an intriguing concept of beverages that, yeah. you know, I was like, I want more of that. And I mean, and I know that that's a credit to good writing is that you have these little nuggets around that, you know, the readers are like, Oh my God, I want to know more about that. Like, I want to know more about this fucking dragon house. Like that's fucking cool. Like, tell me more about these drinks. Like, yeah. Yeah. How do you turn into a street light? I don't want to be turned into a street light, but like, how do you turn into a street light? How many street lights are there? Part of that though is, uh, is my general distaste for shorter fiction anyways, because what made this so strong was the world building. However, yeah. what made it so good in like Lies of Lock Lamora, where you would get these peppered things and you're like, here's these things that are interesting that we're kind of using in the story, but not super paying attention to. And then there would be like these entry passages to each pair uh, to each uh, uh, chapter where they would give you more information about the city that you were in, which he would then extrapolate on those things that he peppered throughout it so it would be like hey the the uh i forget what it's called something about flames but like the bar that they meet in the beginning um they reference oh, it the, you know it's the purple flames that uh no, from no, the no, wizard no. duel no like that that's actually there's i think flame in the name of the bar oh 
but yeah. um but there's the the bar itself is built into a the body of a dragon that was dead or whatever right so that's a thing that he would have dropped and then at a later stage at the entrance of a chapter he would have explained the history behind it and given you more information about it whereas here yeah. he didn't have the room to do that so it's just like okay well now now i'm just i'm sitting here thinking about this the whole time and then i'm mm-hmm. never going to get any more about it and I like that, though. I like being left with little nuggets of curiosity where I, you know, kind of think about the story a little bit afterwards, because if everything's buttoned up in a nice little box, I consume the story. There's nothing lingering and I move on. But like this, I'm going to I'm going to kind of think about the story for a little bit and ponder over the I wonder what that could be. I'm going to wish that there was I an like. RPG source book for this so I could run uh, an adventure in it. <laughs> I, I'm going to look at it and go, okay, you you put together some interesting words that was a half-baked idea that you had, and now you don't have to flesh it out to make it a full idea, and you've managed to use that to make your world feel more fleshed out when it's not actually fleshed out. That's how I'm going to interpret it. So it's okay. like... uh because I, I don't know that look the the world building was really cool in this but also i had problems with it too like like i said there's not enough room for this amount of world building to be realized so th- the reason short fiction is as good as it is when it's good is it focuses on a single thing usually on character the characters in this i didn't think were too special the world building was interesting, but it needed to be fleshed out. And I and I admit part of part of what I didn't like about this is that I really, really liked the idea of this city. It's f- cool as all hell. Yeah. And I don't like that it wasn't get done the justice that I felt like it should have been done because I- like these super powerful, uh, damn near omniscient, badass sorcerers couldn't see any of this coming or just also like like i get the idea that they i'm not trying to like poke a hole because it makes sense that these people are beneath and they wouldn't pay too close attention now that makes sense but it is like his locus of power so he'd be paying attention to that so if anything was happening i I don't know there's there's why wouldn't why wouldn't you blow up first ask questions later and i get there was the whole like oh they paid for sanctuary here but also like you're a super powerful wizard you don't think they figured out you could figure out a way to kill them discreetly. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. It, yeah. And I hadn't, honestly, I hadn't even th- considered that until just now. But it was just, it was, I have a fondness for the idea of a city built around mages that are constantly in combat with each other. Yeah. Especially like above and below ground, like when it comes to out in the open and not. Yeah. That's an f- amazing idea that I would like to see more of. But then the the way it was executed, it just it felt very, very simplistic and it let me down when I was, I had really high hopes for it. I think. Yeah. Uh, I, I really liked it, but you know, that's different strokes for different folks. But so did, I don't know. There were a number of little Easter eggs in this and I don't know how many of them y'all picked up on, but I picked up on four. I picked up on one for sure. Okay. So the first one, Derek, you may have picked up on this one. Uh, one of the drinks was yes. a Tower of the Elephant. Correct. Which is the uh, the name of a Conan story. Um, nice. Yeah. Two, 
the uh, the critter that falls that they have the argument of what is it? Is it a Bayaki or a, a Vorpal Gex or whatever it is? I'm okay. I don't know if Lovecraft came up with the name of a Bayaki, but it is definitely a Lovecraftian creature. If he didn't come up with it, one of the people who came immediately after him came up with the name of that. So that is mm-hmm. a creature of the Cthulhu mythos. Okay. Two, the hypnotic toads. Yeah, all like hail that. the hypno toad. Hypno toad. I, I don't get that one from Futurama. Hypno toad. Uh, haven't rom, seen rom. it, but it's it's a frog that hypnotizes people. Gotcha. It's from Futurama. Gotcha. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. It's, it's great. It, it is what it sounds like. It's a yeah. hypno toad. Yeah, there's not there's not a lot of layers of depth to that one. Um, so in my head, when I was reading about the hypnotoads, I was thinking about like lawn gnomes all throughout the lawn. But I mean, they were frogs, obviously. Yeah. But then also like, but doing like little turning head, like security things like sprinklers. But, yeah. Yeah. My brain was doing the weird things. Hypnotoads. Yeah. Continue no. with your continue with your Easter eggs. All right. The last one was the spring healed wear jackal. Um, okay. I don't know how up to date you are on your uh, supernatural cryptid type things, but there was in Britain, there was a creature called a spring healed Jack. It was a, a guy, a monster or something. No one's really sure, but they could jump. He could jump really, really far. And um, he's called spring healed Jack. So a spring healed where Jackal uh, is a pun reference to, uh, to that. And I, I loved mm. it very much. It made me very happy. Neat. <laughs> neat, neat. No, so, I did not pick up on any of those Easter eggs. I just read the story. Yeah, no, it was <laughs> uh, well. When I picked up Tower, when I read Tower of the Elephant, I was like, "Ooh, let me make a note of that." And I wrote it down. And then, like yeah. two paragraphs later, it's the buy IKEA is like, "Well, shit, huh? Maybe I should start paying closer attention for more little like." pop culture references as uh, pop okay. culture in that like yeah as much as tower of the elephant and by a key literary pop culture. Yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah so i don't know i just appreciated that um i assumed there were other ones and oh, i'm sure there's a i lot just I didn't i just didn't i was yeah no i liked it i liked it a lot um i really 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 hope uh this setting to me is far more interesting than the setting of uh, Little Eyes Lock Lamora. Uh, How at least far at face value. did you get into those books? Uh, I started the second book. Okay, um, that's why you say that, because they basically go to the city. <laughs> oh, okay. May, it may not be this city, but like they go to the city where the fucking, you know, the mages that are out to kill Lock yeah. are. They go yeah. there and and have a whole book about the them okay. getting involved with the politics uh, of that city. So like gotcha. it's a, I don't want to say it's a retread, but I could see similar themes. Yeah, this book came out in uh, or this novella came out in 2014, I believe. So mm-hmm. it's mm-hmm. almost a decade old at this point. Um, so yeah, but I would I would really like uh, I just I just do dearly love a heist. And uh, uh, this one I thought was fairly clever. You know, um, it, it, it scratched my, here's the impossible task. Do it. And okay, we're going to try some things. And well, yeah, that 
probably had some plot holes to it. It was it was neat to see them try these different things, and uh, I really like the idea of the like the moths going through all the books yeah. and like mm-hmm. eating eating the the why <laughs> off everything. <laughs> I mean, I liked it, but it was just it was one of those things where it's like that's not going to work. And I think the person that would know that that's not going to work is the one tasked you with it. And she specifically is like, this metaphysical shit is not going to get it done. It's not going to affect his power. I need you to do something else. But yeah. then they kept doing it. And I'm like, this is, she's, you don't know enough about magic to know this thing. She's one of the most powerful people around. I think she would know if this is going to work, probably direct your attention elsewhere. And she was yeah. like, nah, we're going to keep doing it, bro. I'm like, stop it. I'll, I will say, here's my biggest issue with it. The ending, typically, yeah. In in this in this type of thing, when uh, so it, all right, my biggest problem with it, it all depends on Lynch if it's an actual problem or not. All right, if he writes more in this world in this setting with these characters building from here, I have zero problem with the ending because he it's very clearly a setup for that. But if that doesn't happen. I am left unfulfilled by the ending because typically in these heist type things, when, you know, the person who blackmailed you uh-huh. into doing this uh-huh. thing, you know, double cross you at the end, they you have them back. Yeah. Well, like, Oh, secretly the whole time while we were planning this, what we were really exactly. doing was planning how to rob you of all your blue crystal Worldly recording devices, you know? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and so by not having that, then you have to fulfill me in a different way. And that's by providing me more stories with these characters. Yeah. But if you don't, then you have left my trope unfulfilled and I'm grumpy. Correct. And I had an even worse time with that because you guys, I assume were reading on the website. Yeah. Yes. Okay. So since I purchased the not the novella, uh, guess what? The story ends at like 67% of the way through the novella, according to the Kindle, because yeah. it's got other shit afterwards. So I get oh. to that point and I'm like, hell yeah, we still got like damn near half this book or a third of this book to figure out how we're going to turn this around and kind of steal stuff back or like how we're and then it just ends. And it's like, oh. here's the other works that they've done. I'm like, you motherfucker. <laughs> <laughs> oh, so i was just like oh no i was already like kind of like again i don't want to i i oversold it for the amusing factor it was like i want my money back it was two dollars it was definitely worth the money i just right it was just so average and it didn't give me what i wanted and then it also did that at the end and then it is just all the it way was, around it was like i don't regret reading it but it was man yeah. It was so promising that it was just a letdown. Yeah, it's it's the same reason I have a lot. I've had a lot of problems with anime over the years. Like you have this great idea and you do well for a short amount of time, and then it goes sideways, and you hurt me really badly because I was really excited about this whole thing. Yeah, and it's the same way with this. Like, oh man, this has so much potential, and then uh... that's fair. That's fair. Um, but yeah. So I think we agree. Um, that I am, as usual, the most correct. Is that where we settled? No, I don't think so. No, we never mm. land on that. Hmm. Hmm. Literally no. never. No, okay. okay. I only had one beef yeah. with the story. I only had one beef. And it was how quickly they got Jade 
back in. Oh, like, yeah. Like somebody who didn't want to go to their hangouts. I've I've gone completely straight. Like I work for the government. I'm a big pencil pusher now. And then all it took was one half of a conversation. Yeah. And she was no. like, hell yeah. I'm gonna that, I'm gonna grease some palms and do some shady government shit. And but that was like I almost bro. really liked it. I almost really I really liked her reasoning there. Like her reason for not coming out. I thought that was like because a lot of times when it's that it's like oh y'all wronged me in some way mm-hmm. but it wasn't yeah. that she was like i just feel like i'd be a disappointment to y'all like and i was like oh that's that's touching i like that i like that reasoning for why she wasn't coming out but then it was very much uh oh no you're cool bro come on out it's like well fuck it i'm in like yeah, yeah no, that, that I, was I that was, was like, okay yeah that yeah, said yeah, yeah, yeah i really like that character <laughs> just because yeah. it was just like everything wasn't really working she was just like why are y'all trying to do all this shit like the illegal way when i could yeah. just do that like you could literally just do these things yeah legally in a lot of senses like you're yeah. you're ignoring an entire toolkit you have at your disposal here. yeah the other thing i really liked i like that goblins in this world have like black scales Mm-hmm. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I want to like see green goblins that we're used yeah. to seeing. I want to see, like, I want to see a. I, I would like to get a better description of it because really all he does is like, oh, it's a goblin and it's got black scales. And okay, she, and blue eyes. And is blue she eyes. like a lizard like, person? Like, yeah, yeah. Like the, he doesn't really give much more than that. So is it is it just a goblin like everyone thinks goblin, but instead of green, they have black scales? Or are they more like kobolds? Like, what are, what are we dealing with here? But I thought that was that was neat. Black I, scales. She's a skink. I was. She's a blue tongued skink. One one of the things <laughs> that probably would have made me like it a bit more is like there for a second I thought this is the direction it was going to go. Like them trying to steal it and do all this illegal stuff, and then they come and talk to her. I wanted the rest of the book literally just her being like, "We're just going to do this legally. Like we're just going to." do all of the things you needed to do without breaking any of the rules you thought you had to break to get to this point to begin. Yeah. Because I know how the system works now. We're just going to do all this. And then when they try and contest it, it's like, well, we're backed by another person on the map. So you can't sue us or anything. So have a nice day. This is my street now. (laughs) I I mean, that was pretty cool. Yeah. I did really like how, you know, at the end there, the, the other, the rival wizard is captured and in the jar and just starts like, bonking its head he's bonking uh-huh. his head against a glass like oh my god i'm so stupid why didn't i just kill you like i could i could hear his thoughts like god damn yes. it yes like banging yeah. his head in frustration that i was like ooh, yeah you done yep. fucked up yep. Ooh, ooh, but his cart was super cool like uh, uh, yeah hamster <laughs> wheels with ghouls powering it like fuck yeah that's badass I, I'm not saying I would yeah, trade I my Maverick cool. in on that, but I would consider it. Well, uh, you first you got to buy the Maverick, neat. Bob. I know you, and, <laughs> right. you had a long time. You keep right. forgetting that you're just renting it, but yeah. it's fine. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, but the other thing is, like, do you have to then, like, feed your wheels? Like, do you have to feed the ghouls? Like, they're undead-ish, right? Do you... Or, like, uh, would the road kill? Like feed them because like y'all know me i have terrible luck and i'm always like hitting things so 
Like you don't need gas, you just throw that into your yeah. I don't, I, I don't as many armadillos go roaming near the roads, so I just like swerve to peg a armadillo and reinflate my tires. Basically, I don't know, man. Yikes. I don't know, but it keeps me up at night. <laughs> All right, do y'all have any? Do y'all have any final thoughts? thoughts uh, other than me swerving to run over armadillos uh just no I mean, this I, was this was yeah, good yeah i mean okay. i wanted again i just i wanted to like it more more than i did because it had elements that i really love and then it just didn't realize them very okay. well yeah, yeah. No, I, I, I i liked that there was a lot of a lot of depth and a lot of things to think about and it wasn't something i was just going to read and sit aside and had no more thoughts about ever like that left left a lot of things uh i like to window shop i guess and so i'm walking i like reading a book like i'm walking down the street and if i'm like window shopping and then see some cool stuff you know i may not go into that store but i'll think about that thing you know in in the window so this this short story had lots of of fun things to window shop and to think about later i liked it yeah okay yeah i I agree um it uh, i i I hate to be the guy that's like, oh, I just really wanted more. But yeah, it, it left me wanting more in this world with these characters. Uh, I really yeah. enjoyed it. And, uh, you know, hopefully, like, I don't want I don't want Lynch to not work on, you know, Lamora stuff for this. But, you know, if he got books, you know, book four out, maybe take a quick break, write another novella in this setting and then, you know, start on book five. I'd like that. One of these, like a palate cleanser between every Lamora book. I could fuck mm-hmm. with that. Mm-hmm. So, well, all right. Um, in the coming week, as you drive your ghoul powered car down the streets of life, I hope that your roadkill is appetizing and inviting. And may your tires ever be full. And may the blessing of the beard be upon you. Okay, bye. <laughs> Thank you for checking out Books, Beards, Booze. As always, you can give us a like and subscribe on your podcatcher of choice. And if you got some time, why not go by our website, tellsbybob.com, all part of the Tales by Bob Podcast Network. This podcast is part of the Tales by Bob Network. To see all our great shows, go to tellsbybob.com.